Welcome to the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show with Kim Pilato, broadcasting from the Port of Corpus Christi studios. Get more on the Port of Corpus Christi at portofcc.com. In the Oil Patch radio show will give you an inside look at the oil, gas, and energy industry and how it affects you from industry experts and government officials right here on the In the Oil Patch radio show. And now it's time for me to welcome on my guest, Rob Burnett, who is the CEO of Net Capital Funding Portal. Rob, you have a dynamic team that really helps in ways of capital flow for private companies and everyday investors. You have over six years of experience in business development operations, strategic partnerships at Net Capital, where you help founders raise capital using Net Capital's technology and expertise. You also have a JD from the University of Michigan Law School and a BA in International Development from Franklin and Marshall College. Thank you for joining me today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks for having me, Kim. It's great to be here. Well, you're doing some really dynamic things in the way uh, our work there at Net Capital, and I wanted to kind of cover that in today's show. Um, a lot of people are unfamiliar with what crowdfunding is, and even if they have heard of it or investors or VCs, there's a lot of confusion as to what is what. And so today I want to talk to all of the service companies, the businesses that are out there that listen to us that are in the energy sector, because this just might be another vehicle for them to look at and how to grow their business, or maybe they have a great idea. So let's start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about net capital, and then we'll dive into what changed that allowed net capital to be born. So let's start with what is net capital? Sure. So yeah, Net Capital, uh, we're a fintech company, a financial technology company. Uh, We've been around since about 2016. And we are essentially a marketplace where, um, and we're a registered funding portal, which is a a classification with the SEC, uh, basically that we've filed an application and we're kind of licensed to do what we do. Uh, And what we do is we act as a, a marketplace and an intermediary between companies, private companies that want to raise capital, uh, and investors who want to invest in those companies. Uh, And what's cool about net capital is that typically in the private capital markets, uh, in order to make an investment, you have to be what's called an accredited investor, which is essentially means that you have to have a net worth of over a million dollars, which, you know, not a lot of people have. Yes. And, and, uh, And as a company, as a private company, you can't accept investment from anyone who doesn't qualify as accredited. Um, but what the capital does is we take advantage and we can get into it later of a, a new securities law, or at least relatively new, that lets private companies come and list on a portal like net capital. And then and when they do that, basically anyone can invest in that company. So retail investors, mom and pop people, your aunt and uncle, um, your customers, things like that. And so it's a way for more private companies to gain access to more capital and for more investors of different all different shapes, sizes, and, and backgrounds to invest in the private capital markets. Well, the way I came into net capital was through one of your more greener groups, companies that wanted to raise funds as well. That was Energy X. And we're going to talk about their success a little bit later on in the show. Um, they're a lithium company. So it yeah. attracted me because of the new technology in the energy sector. Uh, but let's back up again a little bit and talk about this hasn't always been around. That's why most people who are listening to the show are not going to really know what is net capital and what is crowdfunding. And I thought that that was for companies that were just starting off. Let's talk about what changed in 2015 that allowed a company like net capital to exist. 
What was the problem before? What has changed in 2015 that allowed companies to look at private uh, funding by issuing common stock of their company? Sure. So when most people think of crowdfunding, they still think of, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to call something traditional, you know, when it's all internet and technology, but traditional crowdfunding has been, if you back my project, I'll send you a t-shirt or, you know, I want to create a new watch. And if you give me money now, you'll basically a pre-order of it. Uh, and that tended to work really well for creative projects like movies and art uh, or kind of new uh, things like new consumer products, things like that. But for most companies, that doesn't work because um, you're trading basically cash for a pre-order of some of some reward. Um, what happened in actually 2012, a law was passed called the Jobs Act. Uh, and as part of the Jobs Act, um, they, uh, the Congress created regulation crowdfunding, which went into effect in 2016. And what that allows for is uh, it solves for this problem that more and more entrepreneurs need access to capital. And, and there's this huge group, 97% of American households that don't qualify as accredited, aren't, don't have a million dollars or more. And those people should be able to put their money into private deals. And so what's changed is now this law has been created where if companies make certain disclosures uh, and they're relatively straightforward, they're relatively easy to do for even small companies, um, they can then list on a funding portal like Net Capital and anyone can invest in them. And what that does is it really opens up and democratizes access um, to capital to, to so many more people. And so now, if you're a private company in America, you've got this avenue where for, you know, the cost of capital of a couple thousand dollars, you can go out and you can solicit everybody and you can tell everybody you're raising money uh, and you can raise up to $5 million uh, from anybody. And that's a, it's a massively powerful tool for companies in America uh, where, you know, uh, $5 million will go a long way. You can hire people, you can create intellectual property, you can invest in um, hardware, software, anything. So uh, it's a really great uh, avenue for a lot of entrepreneurs to, to capitalize their business. And it, you know, we've still only been around since about 2016. The market is growing, but it's still early. And uh, we, you know, we hope more entrepreneurs will kind of explore it and take advantage of it. So prior to 2015, what I heard you say is that companies that were private, unless they were going to do an IPO and get on the stock exchange, which is extremely expensive to do, they could only maybe go to banks, borrow money from family and friends, but they weren't issuing share uh, shares in their company either. So they weren't allowing people to buy in and giving them equity into the company. And that is what's really changed. That's what's kind of really exciting is people aren't just giving you money because they want to. They're actually getting stocks in return and some ownership in the company, right? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, before you used to, companies would issue stock, but they would only be able to do it to like venture capitalists or private equity managers, people who were kind of professional or, or kind of in the right circles. Now anyone can can participate. And yeah, and they and when you invest via a company like Net Capital, you're actually buying stock in these companies. Just like when you go to your brokerage account and you buy stock in Apple, you you know you own a piece of that company. It's the same thing here, uh, and you have a a, a, a um, right to to some of the upside there. If the company grows and sells and and makes money, you you can get a return that way. 
I also think in in being introduced into Net Capital through Energy X. Um, so the way this came to be that I learned about you all was one of our editors, um, David Blackman, had done a story on uh, Energy X, which is a lithium company, lithium technology company. And I read it, and then I went to at the time they were in an open round of fundraising, and I. I read about it. I was like, this is a very interesting company. I bought the shares, uh, and I, I hope I can talk about this legally, but I bought the shares at $4. I just recently went to go look at Energy X's site, and they've done some great things, and the starting point was net capital, but their shares have gone up by $4. And while that doesn't seem like a lot, to know that it's probably been within like a less than a year and a half and it's gone, that's a pretty good return. Not to mention when I go and I read about all the stuff that the CEO is is completing, one of the ones, one of the partnerships that came out of the original funding from Net Capital was uh, Energy X received uh, General Motors, gave them a $50 million funding round going into a partnership with them to scale on their EV production line. So wh- why I wanted to bring that up, because I think it's important for our listeners to really understand that's just one company, it might not be yours, but there's a whole host of things that can start and begin if you have maybe a CEO, uh, someone who's dedicated that is basically looking and thinking about ideas to how to partnership and make it bigger and bigger and bigger so the company is continuously growing as opposed to having to go to an IPO. So tell me a little bit about some of the other companies that have done really well uh, with your group. Are there other success stories? Sure, yeah. Um, and, and thanks, you know, EnergyX was, was a great success. It was great working with them. And it's been really amazing to see them grow and succeed. Like you said, watching companies go on and raise more money and, and hire people and things like that, you know, it really rewarding and, and very fun. It's why I do the work. Um, <clears throat> I'll take a moment to be kind of the, you know, my, my, uh, I'll, I'll fulfill my duty, so to speak. You know, everyone should be very aware that investing in private companies is very risky. Uh, and, you know, not every company on that capital is going to be as successful as Energy X. And even then, um, you know, you have to be very cautious. So you should always do your due diligence. But we have had some companies do some really great things. We had a company um, that got millions of dollars in grants from the U.S. government uh, for research because they're doing really amazing things with advanced materials. It's a company called Avidane working with Graphene. Um, we've had companies that have deployed um Big uh, in the energy sector deployed uh, river uh, underwater turbines to create electricity. Um, you know, and we've seen countless other companies you know invest in themselves, uh, hire people, create jobs, uh, create patents, patent their technology, uh, things like that. And that's what you know we think is so exciting. You know, we've had plenty of companies also fail. You know, we should be clear on that. Right. Um, not somebody, everybody can be a winner, but no, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the game of entrepreneurship, right? Some people are going to win and some people are going to lose. And, and, and that's okay. That's why, you know, that's what makes America, uh, you know, one of the, if not the biggest economy, in the, it's the biggest kind of economy in the world is that we take risks and that's fantastic. And so, yeah, we've seen tons of companies really do some great things and that's been really exciting for us. Well, we're getting ready to go to break, but I did want to mention one company that is uh, currently being highlighted, and it's MagFast, and they actually raised $2 million in two hours. Um, was that uh, another success story through Net Capital? Yeah, they were they were a client of ours. They uh, MagFast is a company that they make chargers for phones and things and very high-quality items, and they are masters of creating community. 
Uh, they have, you know, I think over a hundred thousand people who follow their business, who mm-hmm. listen in to them. That's deeply. what makes them successful. A lot of customers. Their customers love them. Yeah. Let's really take great. a quick break. And when yeah. we come back, I want to talk about the customer and the partnerships that are created. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. In the oil and gas industries, you don't just need a workers' comp provider. You need a workers' comp provider who understands your business. That's Texas Mutual Insurance Company. At Texas Mutual, they've created the Texas Oil and Gas Association Safety Group exclusively for businesses involved with exploration and production. That means you'll have access to information and safety resources that fit the way you work. But the advantages don't stop there. As a safety group member, you'll receive a premium discount on your workers' comp. Plus, you can qualify for double dividends. You heard that right. Members can earn an additional dividend on top of the one you receive as a policyholder. It's all part of Texas Mutual's commitment to working as a partner with the businesses that keep our state running. Texas Mutual and the Texas Oil and Gas Association, two great organizations that are even better together. To see if you qualify to become a safety group member, go to texasmutual.com slash TXOGA. And we're back. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Rob Burnett, who is the CEO of Net Capital Funding Portal. Rob, before the break, we were talking about some of the success stories that have come out of your company, Net Capital Funding. Companies that started, raised capital, did a really great job of explaining who they are, what they're trying to do, and was able to get a lot of investors or and or partnerships. We talked about Energy X before. They came into a partnership with General Motors to the tune of $50 million. That's a success. You talked about a few others, some grants that came in. One company, uh, MagFast, came in with $2 million in two hours. And as you said earlier in the show, you can raise all the way up to $5 million. I think when an entrepreneur thinks about $5 million, they, they really see, wow, this is equity to ch- that would really change my company's trajectory, right? When when we look before 2015, companies were primarily having to focus on VCs, venture capitalists, who probably wanted more equity, and an entrepreneur really doesn't want to give up full equity. They want to stay in control of the ship. Uh, I would think most do. There's banks, there's small business loans, but right now, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of liquidity on the market. And then companies like in the energy space face another real challenge, which is uh, ESG, the Environmental Social Governance, which is also kind of dictating money that's coming out of Wall Street, which is that IPO that we talked about earlier. This is a game changer for the energy sector, too. And this is why I really wanted to get you on the show. This is another vehicle that, let's say, a company like ours is already established and existing and looking to just grow and blow the doors off uh, and or it's a new company. Uh, I've seen solar, I've seen wind come on on these platforms trying to raise capital for their investments that they own patents on to change how the renewable sector is, is rolling out. Um, tell me a little bit about the energy sector, some success stories, or where do you think an energy company who's having the issues with raising the capital liquidity to grow, is net capital or another uh, company that raises capital a solution for them? Yeah, potentially, right? I, I think what, what makes um, net capital and equity crowdfunding so special is that it, allow, it gives you control to tell your story. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, some some entrepreneurs are fantastic at creating a sense of community around their business. And, you know, one of the great um, tools that any energy business has is 
painting the picture of a future that exists with them in it. Um, whether you're a wind company, solar company, underwater power, lithium, uh, any 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 form of energy, right? It, it's vital. And so, what equity crowdfunding allows you to do is take control of your narrative. And it doesn't guarantee that you'll raise money, but if you can show the world what you can do, if you can get excited, get people excited about your ability to, to change the world by introducing your energy solution to kind of the market, uh, you can get people really excited. And then, you know, it's a, it's a big flywheel where if you start with even a few people who are excited about you, maybe you raise a little bit of money, right? Not all 5 million, but you can go invest that money, get a little bit bigger, get a little bit better at telling your story. And then you come back and you raise a little bit more money. You, it doesn't have to be all in one go. Uh, and so using those tools available to you uh, can be a really powerful thing for companies. You know what also is really cool is, so when I when I purchased shares with EnergyX, it was the first time I had done this. And I know the ease of it and the simplicity. And then also, of course, the average sale as I was researching or the average purchase is, you know, obviously it could be from $1, which some companies go up for a dollar a share, um, all the way up to $4, $10, whatever it may be. But you just literally go online and you purchase it and then it stays in a uh, dashboard with you guys. So I want to talk about the regulatory part of this as well. So, so, but before we go there, so Robert, tell me a little bit about another success story that came out of Net Capital. It was a company in the green space, River Energy, ORPC. What company was that? What did they do? And then walk us through how easy it is with the average person purchasing anywhere from a thousand to $1,500 a share, because they can afford to lose that. It's a really made investing kind of pretty cool. And pretty easy to do too. It's not as intimidating as uh, buying stock in an IPO. So walk us through what that company did. So special and how easy is it to keep track of your shares? Sure. So yeah, I mean, ORPC was a company that raised with us a couple of years ago. They uh, create underwater uh, turbines. Uh, they're still in business. They're they're working away. It's really fun to see them deploying, you know, these energy solutions. Um, so we, you know, we hope we wish them continued success. And for if you know, for investors, our goal here is again to democratize access. And part of that is making it accessible and easy. You know, we can't. Um, make it so easy that you don't actually have to read things and you don't have to understand what's going on, you know, you, but what we, we've tried to do is make it similar to an e-commerce experience. So when you want to invest in these companies, you put in your information, you will have to put in a little bit more information than you're typically used to, because this is a, an investment in shares in a company. So there's things we need to keep track of. Um, but you, know, you put that information through, but you check out online, you pick a payment method, um, you put in, you know, you can put in your credit card information and with a couple clicks, uh, you can purchase shares right and then you 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 have a net capital account and those shares sit in that account and you can watch them and keep up with that company. So uh, we try to make it very accessible. So for the listener who's thinking, you know, this sounds like a possibility. I could, you know, issue shares, go out. I have a lot of family, friends, customers. They want to see us grow. This is a great opportunity. So when a company goes through this, it, you did mention earlier in the show, it's pretty inexpensive compared to going the IPO way or yes. being told no from a bank, because you usually always are, or the small business administration is not going to loan you any money. You, they, you know, These people listening have already been down all these paths. So here comes your solution or a solution. Take a quick break. You're listening to a Noel Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back.
Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com slash business profile start dealing with a company you can trust and always find remember this name oil field experts to locate any part anytime for your automotive or oil field equipment needs oil field experts specialty is those hard to find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Rob Burnett, who is the CEO of Net Capital Funding Portal. Rob, before the break, you, we were talking about some of the requirements. Uh, I want our listeners to get a good understanding of the simplicity of this process. And it's not as daunting as most people think. Uh, to me, when I looked at the process, uh, it was something that I had not done before, but it was very and relatively simple to do. So start with the process. What is a company going to be looking at to register or consider going out and getting funding in lieu of issuing common stock? Sure. So, you know, we try to work hand in hand with all the companies that work with us. So we, we try to work really closely, you know, we try and we try to make the process as easy as possible. Sometimes it can be hard, especially if it's your first time, but we're trying to be there and, and make it as easy as possible. So there's a, a form you have to file with the SEC called a Form C. We do that on, on your behalf and we collect information from you to help fill that out. Uh, it's some basic information and questions about the company, like who are the key people, a description of your business, some information about if you have any debt, things like that. Um, we put all that together. We help you file it with the SEC. And once you do that, you can be live on that capital and start accepting investments. Um, so, you know, preparing usually takes a couple of weeks to a couple of months. Uh, and then once you're once you're done with that, you can actually start raising capital and, and soliciting people. So these forms that you're filling out and gathering information, audit, issuing of the stock, verifying uh, key em uh, employees and board members, and then registering with Security Exchange Commission. That's a relatively quick process versus a company looking at IPOs. But I also want to cover that there are some companies that will go on and do IPO from an initial fundraising with a company like that capital too, correct? Because there's just so many different options for them if they grow that big. Yeah, I mean, it, it is absolutely possible for companies to to use net capital first 
and then go on to IPO. Uh, we haven't had that happen yet with us. Um, that can often take quite a few years, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're starting really young as an early company. But yeah, it's absolutely possible uh, and allowed that a company that could raise money through regulation crowdfunding on net capital could then go on at a later date to IPO. There's also an entrance of another couple of regulatory things that have changed to that allow different funding. Can you kind of cover those as well? So let's say that a company starts with net capital and they um, can do multiple rounds of funding. They can go IPO. They can also go into other uh, forms of uh, looking for money, whether it's venture capital, angel investors. But there's also some other regs that I think that they can raise up to $45 million. I'm not sure if that's uh, something that you guys are doing. I think I think I heard that you guys were applying for it in that process. But what is that specific reg that allows a company to raise $45 million? Sure. Uh, I think you're referring to there's a, there's a regulation called reg, Regulation A and Regulation A+. Um, that's, uh, it's, it, those are born out of the same, uh, law that created net capital and regulation crowdfunding. Reg A plus allows companies to actually now raise up to $75 million. Uh, and people sometimes call this a mini IPO. It's definitely cheaper and easier than, uh, or typically I should say cheaper and easier than an IPO. Um, but it tends to cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, maybe ten to fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars to put together all the materials. Um, it also requires the SEC to actually approve the offering, um, so it can take six months to a year, sometimes less, sometimes more. Um, it's a little more expensive, but instead of only being able to raise five million, like through net capital, you can raise seventy-five million. So the the upsides. Uh, pretty significant. So it's a bigger burden on the entrepreneur, but the result is that you can raise quite a bit more money. Let's take a quick break, but I want to come back from break and ask, so then if you can do that, the Reg A+, how does that differ from an IPO? Let's take a quick break. You're listening to an old patch radio show. We'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Attention small and medium-sized business owners. Are you feeling overwhelmed with back office tasks like payroll, workers' compensation, federal regulations, safety laws, employment standards, and benefits? Don't worry. Unique HR has your back. For over 30 years, our team of qualified professionals has been providing people-centered solutions to help businesses like yours navigate the heavy burden of running a business and managing their workforce. We're the PEO with a pulse, and we are just a phone call away. Call us today at 361-852-6392. Unique HR, the partner you can trust. 
And we're back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Rob Burnett, who is the CEO of Net Capital Funding Portal. Rob, before the break, we covered the starting point of what a company, an entrepreneur could start to raise up to $5 million. And after they do that initial one, they may want to go on to the Reg A or Reg A plus that allows them to raise up to $75 million. Then the other options could be they could do an IPO, which is very expensive and uh, a heavy regulatory burden on them. And or, so what is the difference between an IPO going that route, which we already know, that seems like a nightmare to most of us, and or they can do the Reg A or Reg A plus. Sure. Um, this, there's a lot of little subtle differences, but I'll talk about the big ones. Um, an IPO is still a larger regulatory burden than Reg A plus, but you can, in theory, raise even more than seventy-five million. Um, you know, some companies oh, yeah. even raise billions, uh, and in that case, IPO is the only option. Um, those are the you, unicorns. <laughs> those are the big. Those are the big ones. Uh, those are big deals, and yeah, they, you know, they've, they've got their own complexities. Um, the other big difference is, you know, again, a Reg A plus is quite regulatorily burdensome. Uh, you, know, you still have audits. You still have a lot of things to, to, to review. Um, but it can be a great way, again, to access the markets. The, uh, the real difference between an IPO and a Reg A plus is what happens after the fundraising is done. So, uh, you know, this is a little bit uh, not my day job, but... Um, Basically, when you IPO, your stock is instantly registered on a public exchange like the New York Stock Exchange. So basically, there's liquidity for investors. You can buy and sell that stock going forward. So investors could buy and turn around and sell in five minutes. With Reg A or Reg A Plus, those shares are not necessarily registered and not necessarily able to be traded or liquid. Uh, and that's a big um consideration for investors. So sometimes it can be harder to attract investors to Reg A Plus where liquidity is more uncertain than it is to attract investors to an IPO where liquidity is you know, not guaranteed, but much more likely. Yeah. You know, sometime back, I interviewed Harold Hamm, who's the recently retired CEO and president of uh, Continental Resources, uh, one of the most successful oil men on the planet. And when I interviewed him, he said, you know, uh, they made news, of course, with him wanting to buy back. He had, they had, he had taken Continental Resources, given 25% up and made it public. And within a couple of years, the family and him, his children decided to buy it back just because of the burdensome regulations and all these different things you have to go to or deal with when you're on an IPO versus private. So since the majority of the people who I believe are listening to the show are either just curious about what it is, but potentially is this a vehicle for them? I would think that IPO is like the last thing on the planet I would ever want to do. If Harold Hamm got off of it, I'm just saying me personally, what I would look at is no, thank you. I'd rather raise private capital, keep the company private and still continue to control its mission or destination or whatever it's designed to do. But that's just me. There was an article that was re- that was uh uh, written. It says 10 reasons every company should be raising capital online right now. I believe it came from one of your uh, founders, Jason Flishman. Um, tell me a little bit about like before when people would go out and try to raise money, let's just switch gears and, and say, you know, maybe you have to go pitch at a, a, to a VC or maybe you are going to go and ask for angel investors. 
the clearinghouse that you have created, and there's other companies too, but that capital, it allows the person to really get through the process a whole lot faster and, and, and so much more easier. Let's go back and walk through that process again. So like before, if you were trying to raise money, you were having to go shake somebody's hand and get in front of them. That must be a daunting task when you look at maybe you have a thousand people that you have to go to versus there are companies like yours. There's also agencies that can put your company, your idea and your request in front of thousands and thousands of people just with just a push of a button. So walk us through what is it? I know you walked us through the regulatory part of it, but can you walk us through like what happens when a company comes through Net Capital's doors and you accept them? Sure. Um, you know, I mean, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try. You know, we still we still make sure the companies are are are, are oh, yeah. being compliant and all those things. But yeah, so once you once a company's raising capital, you have a lot of options, and that's why it's so valuable. You can uh, email your customers and ask them to invest. You can talk to friends and family. You can go to conferences and invite people to invest in your business that you meet. You can run digital ads. Um, you can get written up in the New York Times. You can come on, Kim, your radio show and talk about um, the investment opportunity. You know, for anyone listening, if you know, if you get in Kim's good graces, maybe she'll invite you on and you can talk about it. <laughs> well, I did invite Energy X and he did come on, Teague, and he did he had a great show, what he's doing. But it is really easy, your team, what you guys do. And this isn't meant to be a plug for you as much as people understanding this is a real viable option if you've got a great company. Uh, and 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 I want to set the differences aside too, or, or make the difference between this was created, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, this was created mostly for startups, people who had an idea. I've got some kind of tech idea and I need to raise money for it to make it come to fruition. But those days are long gone and now even existing companies are looking for things like uh, maybe growing your company equity so you're willing to give away shares to grow the company the foundation maybe you need working capital to grow so there's a lot of different ways that companies can use this uh as opposed to just being a new company so let's continue on with the process because you can do it either way but the simplicity of this is amazing yeah well and that's and that's what we think our advantage is and we think that it's the advantage and and why we try to talk about it to so many entrepreneurs is this really is an underutilized asset to the average entrepreneur and you're right you don't have to be a startup you can be a well-established business um this is valuable and and again i think the flexibility is the biggest piece uh you know in in the world now creating brand loyalty is very important uh, you need to have a community around your business. You have, need to have people who care about your business. And what better way to both see if people care and also show them that you care about them and let them own a piece of your business. Uh, I think that's a very pow- powerful tool for any entrepreneur and certainly one they should be at least considering and understanding the pros and cons of. So they come through the door. There are some regulatory things. They do have to kind of open their books and share, you know, how they've been uh, financially, you know, how how their QuickBooks look or whatever program they're in. So there are some things they have to do to um, show and reassure the investors that it's uh, either a great company and or if it's new, what are they going to do with that money? And that's also listed in there, too. It shows what the company wants why they're raising this money and how it'll be utilized too. But then once the process gets going and it's a one pager that's simple, 
pretty simple that gives you, here's the problem, here's what we need, and here's going to be the solution, and here's how you make your money back. It's pretty simple in there. And you go and you enter in your credit card and you click the button, and now you own shares, and now you have a dashboard on Net Capital that shows those shares. Take a quick break. You're listening to an old patch radio show. We'll be right back. Attention small and medium-sized business owners. Are you feeling overwhelmed with back office tasks like payroll, workers' compensation, federal regulations, safety laws, employment standards, and benefits? Don't worry. Unique HR has your back. For over 30 years, our team of qualified professionals has been providing people-centered solutions to help businesses like yours navigate the heavy burden of running a business and managing their workforce. We're the PEO with a pulse, and we are just a phone call away. Call us today at 361-852-6392. Unique HR, the partner you can trust. And we're back. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Rob Burnett, who is the CEO of Net Capital. Rob, let's get back on the topic. So you come in, you get accepted into Net Capital. Uh, your team helps create the vision, uh, what the problem is, what's going to be the solution, you know, how and what way will the company uh, grow and how will they potentially get their money back in their shares They enter in their credit card, they push the button, and bam, now they own shares in this company. Um, It could have been purchased for $1, $10, $1,000, $1,500, whatever you have that you feel comfortable. So then after that, these people go into, or they're issued a dashboard, right, with Net Capital, that they could go in there and look and follow their investments. Who keeps track of them? And who talks to the uh, person who's purchased the shares, the uh, shareholder? Whose responsibility is that and how does that work? Yeah, that's a really good question. So it's the responsibility of the company to keep their shareholders up to date. Uh, And every company chooses to do that a little bit differently. Uh, The regulations do require that a company file an annual report, uh, which is an update on the information you got uh, when you made the investment. And so that can be a good way to keep in touch with the company and understand what's going on. But then most companies... Uh, elect to do some um, what I'll call informal communication with their uh, investors. So they'll send out sometimes monthly, quarterly, or biannually uh, updates, email updates to their investors saying, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing as a business. Here's how we've grown. Here's our struggles maybe. Um, And that can be a great way. Some will host calls and other things as a way to engage their investors. Again, every company is different. So you should, you know, if you're considering making an investment, you should understand what that company's strategy is for keeping its investors updated. Um, And some companies, you know, you won't hear from very much. These are private companies that are off and running and doing their thing. um, And they don't want the burden of of having to every day uh, to talk to investors. But that being said, a lot of them really like engaging their investors and, and helping them kind of stay up to date with the journey. So we've talked on the side of the person who wants to buy stock, believes in the company. Maybe they see, wow, this is a futuristic company that's going to really go somewhere. That's how I saw Energy X as a, a you know lithium technology company. There's a lot of investment that I'm seeing in crowdfunding that's actually working for the oil and gas sector. It's uh, you know, the industry is definitely going through some changes, especially when, you know, they're looking for capital. It's gotten a lot harder. This this is not going to be the solution for the large mega company unless they want to go the reg A or go IPO. But the thing that's kind of shocking to me is that so 
this really does well for entrepreneurs. It does well for startups and it does well for companies who want to expand and grow and get access to liquidity easily by giving up some shares of the company and getting that partnership with those people who believe in the company, which is good. But there's also other companies that are utilizing this for different reasons. P&G, Coca-Cola, Legos have all gotten into crowdfunding as well. So this is definitely a new way of of accessing capital. Um, have you? What are your thoughts on the large companies, and, and why are they looking at crowdfunding? Are you aware of that they are raising funds through crowdfunding to as a way of staying in contact with their customers and listening to the customers and bringing them in as a valued shareholder? Yeah. So I mean, I you know. Big companies like that, like I can't, I can't count. I don't know what their their internal strategy is and things like that. Um, and I don't know if they're using kind of regulation crowdfunding or some other rules. But what I do know is that these big companies understand what I think a lot of small companies should understand, which is that again, your community and your 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 crowd is vital to creating a, a strong brand and a strong business. And so you can see it up and down from the smallest company to the largest company, the companies that do a good job of engaging their customer and their and their um, both target customer and actual customer and engaging their communities are the ones that end up being the strongest because they get good engagement, they get good traction, they get repeat customers, things like that. Um, and even for a company uh, that might be in the energy space that doesn't have direct customers, even having a loyal fan base, a loyal following is something you can bring with you to potential clients, potential um, partners or, or vendors and say, listen, we've got thousands of people backing us. You should supply us. You should give us the rights to this project, things like that. Uh, so it's it's a valuable currency uh, having a, 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 a well-oiled, um, really excited uh, community around you. Well, in the piece that came out in the Harbor Business Review, it listed that companies such as the PNG, Coca-Cola, and Legos, they're raising money as a way of uh, promising an alternative to a more traditional way of getting customer feedback. In other words, they're bringing them in, but these are on newer lines that they're opening, not the existing line of Coca-Cola, but let's say they have mm -hmm. a new uh, spinoff or something, a different kind of soda water, then they might look at this as another alternative of getting feedback from their shareholders that are small in nature, but they're telling the consumer, you know, the, that is the consumer and they're telling Coca-Cola it's a it's a win or it's not a win. So in closing out the show, let me ask you, tell me how long is the process for somebody to get in and, and get live? How long is there an average? Yeah, the, the average company takes you know maybe two to three months to to come on board and, and get live. It can take a lot longer than that uh, for some companies. And we've done it shorter in shorter time as well. Perfect. Well, if anybody wants to learn more, they can contact us, of course, always through the website or email me, Kim at shellmag.com. And Rob, where can they go to uh, look at more information on how to get involved with Net Capital or apply to see if um, this might work for them? 
Sure. If you're an investor, come to netcapital.com. You can browse deals. You can read all of our edu- educational materials and you can you can make decisions for yourself. Uh, if you're a company looking to raise capital, again, you can come to netcapital.com uh, and click on the raise capital button and you can get in touch with our team. Or if you want a more direct route, you can always email team, T-E-A-M, at netcapital.com and a member of our team will get back to you. Awesome. Rob, thank you so much for joining us, explaining what crowdfunding is all about. And uh, I'm glad you are giving the opportunity for our entrepreneurs to raise cash. You're doing a good thing. This is a good idea. Thank you. Appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for having me. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. In the oil and gas industries, you don't just need a workers' comp provider. You need a workers' comp provider who understands your business. That's Texas Mutual Insurance Company. At Texas Mutual, they've created the Texas Oil and Gas Association Safety Group exclusively for businesses involved with exploration and production. That means you'll have access to information and safety resources that fit the way you work. But the advantages don't stop there. As a safety group member, you'll receive a premium discount on your workers' comp. Plus, you can qualify for double dividends. You heard that right. Members can earn an additional dividend on top of the one you receive as a policyholder. It's all part of Texas Mutual's commitment to working as a partner with the businesses that keep our state running. Texas Mutual and the Texas Oil and Gas Association, two great organizations that are even better together. To see if you qualify to become a safety group member, go to texasmutual.com slash T-X-O-G-A. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- Four seven one one nine two three, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. dot